Happy Hawks Day. We're all, uh, we're all on the same team for a little bit, right? You know, I mean, that's kind of good. I mean, we're all here together. I've got to show you this jersey because it, it perfectly illustrates what we're going to talk about today. Sur signed by Hull, Nikita, and Cliff Coral. It's got to be worth like a billion dollars, right? Wait, 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 wait. My neighbor Kenny got this at Goodwill for three dollars. Three dollars. Don't you know some wife was just mad at her husband? <laughs> Don't you know? I mean, how else does that happen? Okay? Unbelievable. The funny thing is it said like to Bob or something on it, and so he took it to the dry cleaner and had that part taken out. So uh, if you're Bob and you're here today, we can talk. I don't know. I'm sorry about what's going on in your marriage. Um, we're going to talk, and here's what we're going to do. Go ahead and put the slide up. You're going to send me questions, or send us questions. And my, it's my wife, Denise. Welcome, Denise. We're glad to have you here. And um, we're just going to take questions from you today. You can take your cell phone out. You can text uh, or email either one. You can text it to uh, text at parkviewchurch.com. And uh, go ahead and put that back up there. Yeah, text at parkviewchurch.com. Any question you want. I mean, we're kind of honing in on fighting and conflict a little bit today, and we're going to kind of take it that way. But any question that you want, text it in. It's going to come to her laptop, and we're going to discuss it, okay? That's how the thing is going to go today. That's how the sermon's going to go. Um, please, um, you know, if it's inappropriate, we're obviously not going to answer it. And, and, and if it's specific to your situation, you know, think about that. It needs to be something that applies to everybody if it's like, my dad was the president of the United States, and he wasn't a very good role model. You know, just call me, Chelsea, and we'll talk, okay? Otherwise, uh, make, it, you know, make it something uh, a little broader that we can all talk about. My favorite story about fighting is uh, the husband and wife that are fighting in the morning, and uh, you know, they're having this big argument, and, and, and she needs her, her, her dress zipped up, and she asks him to zip up her dress, and he's mad at her, you know? So he goes over, and he goes, zip, 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 and walks off. They don't talk the rest of the day. They're in this big, huge argument. They're mad at each other all day. She comes home. She sees his legs sticking out from under the car. He's working on something under the car, changing the oil or something. She can't resist. She walks up, grabs the zipper of his pants, and goes, zip, 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 zip. Walks inside, and there's her husband. She, she said, wait a minute, who's outside under the car? He said, that's our neighbor Joe. He's helping me with the car. They both ran outside. Joe is passed out cold. When she grabbed his zipper, he tried to sit up and honk conked his head on the car, and he was out. Um, conflict is inevitable in our marriages, okay? That's what's that, it's going to happen. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to try to be really transparent. And if this is your first time to Parkview, we've never done this before and we'll probably never do it again. But we just decided that we're doing this marriage series because I'm tired of seeing people breaking up. And, and, I'm, and I'm really tired of the, the whole dream thing that we think that everything's supposed to be like this, you know, stupid sleepless in Seattle or you've got mail or stupid movie. And, and we think everything's supposed to be, you know, perfect and we've got to find the perfect person. So we want you to text us questions and we're going to be really, really brutally honest. We're going to talk really honest. And, and we'll say right up front, we're not marriage experts, we're not counselors, um, but we're going to share from you, uh, to you from our experience. So let's head at it. What do you got so far? Okay, we're going to um, start with this um, first question that actually has to do with fighting. And it says, do you ever have a fight that ends up going on for days or weeks? Um, if so, any suggestions Months? on avoiding that or bringing it to a quick resolution. Um, 
actually, um, yes, for days, but not anymore, we can thankfully say. It's interesting because um, all of us come from different paradigms, but different homes, backgrounds, situations that we learn, communication methods, styles, and some of them are not good and some of them are good. And um, I come from a home that um, my dad is a good word to describe him is tender. Such a, lot a like sweet, me. sweet guy. And so I did not, <laughs> I, I didn't see him get mad very often. And so when we would, were first married and he, we would argue, and he would get really mad. He's a very type of, different type of personality. He'd get mad. He's the type that gets mad, gets it out, and then he's fine. And so totally different. But me, when I, he would get mad, it would throw me. I thought, what is this? And I would actually get kind of scared. He wasn't ever violent, but I got scared and I would close up and I wouldn't feel safe to share um, my side or my hurts or whatever. And, and a trust was broken and a wall was built that could stay up for days. And so um, actually he would be the one that would come back and around and apologize well, and try to always. figure out, but usually would be the case because my trust was so, I was frightened, really. I had this wall up. And so it would go on for days. How do we get to days. this point then? Well, we both, we have been to Christian counseling and many times, and we are very happy to tell people that because we encourage it mm. a lot. If you want the short answer today, uh, you want to just grab a communion cup and head on out, um, get ready for the Hawks game early, the short answer is go to Christian counseling. We've been to six different Christian counselors, not because we wore the first five out, but because <laughs> there were... <laughs> They're like, we can't help you, <laughs> you know, bye. <laughs> Here's a friend, call him. Um, it, it was, it was it, it, different seasons in our life. We had different people that we were able to go to. And, and even recently, we've been to Christian counseling. And we've even been to retreat centers, which we have one that we could tell you about out here. We've been to retreat centers where we went and spent the whole week with a Christian counselor and, and got intensive Christian counseling. So did we have fights that lasted for weeks? And yeah, absolutely, we did. And um, how do we get past it? You've got to get somebody to help you. If you don't hear anything else, understand this. We were just talking to a couple after the last service. They were telling us about their stuff. We were like, you've got to have a third party. You've yeah. got to have somebody to help you. And, and something else that is so important is you go into marriage often thinking you're going to change the other person. I mean, we all do it. And actually, what we need to do is go into this relationship realizing God's going to want to change us. And he's going to want to work on us on some areas that we have really messed up or we've learned something that is just not a healthy process or method. And we have to be so open to that. And uh, that's what happened. I think we, he learned to really not get angry when we communicated. Well, not to be out of control with my anger. Not that I, could, not that I don't get angry, right. but I know how but to handle it. But he can it. still speak conversationally, you know, in his anger. Not rip your head off. And, um, and therefore, then I don't shut down, and I feel like it's a safe environment to be able to share, and um, really is totally different. We, we usually resolve yeah. things pretty quickly, and sometimes we don't even agree, but you can still agree to disagree, you know? That's okay. You're different people, and, and so that's going to happen too.
Okay, here's one. Uh, should I be concerned that I married the wrong person? Is there a right person? Uh, you did marry the right person. You got the right one, baby. Whoever you married is the right one. I said this in the Sex God sermon a couple of weeks ago. Um, whoever you decided to marry is who you decided to marry. I, I, as I started off on my little tirade, I hate those stupid romantic movies. I mean, for many reasons, but I hate those stupid romantic movies like Serendipity. Yeah, and, we hated that you, one. You know, I mean, they, oh, I just, if I just, <laughs> you know, get on the elevator at the right time, then I'll find the right person and everything in my life is going to be right. No, 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 no. That's not, there is no right person. Whoever you decide to marry, then you decided to marry them and they are the right one. You're never going to, I mean, I know people, they've gone from one to the next to the next to the next and, and guess what? They never find out that they got the right person. You know, Elizabeth Taylor, she just kept trying, right? And every time, oh, whoops, something, wasn't the right one. I got to keep trying. How about if you just keep trying with the right one that you already had? That, that's and the right one. And being the right person. And how about becoming if you learn to be the, the right, right person. person? You know, it's we. That's the thing. You've got to let God mold and change you. Mm. And it's hard with pride and mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So. Uh, in a relationship, it's getting serious. My boyfriend doesn't have much faith. Uh, how do you does this, do you think this matters much in marriage? Man, I promise that was an actual question from you. But man. Um, that sounds like one that we would have seeded, you know, into this because it's very, very important. You, you just can't understand. I mean, so many of the problems in marriage that we, so many of the questions that we've gotten this weekend, so many problems happen in marriage when you're using one set of, I mean, you know, if the carpenter is using a set of blueprints for a ranch and, uh, you know, the, the plumber is using a set of blueprints for a two-story, the house ain't, ain't going to work. It's not going to happen, Okay. If you've got two different sets of blueprints, it's a bad way. The Bible says, don't be yoked with an unbeliever. I, I know that you, some of you are in that situation, mm -hmm. and, and our, our answer to you in that situation would be to love your spouse like Jesus and let God work through you. I mean, that's, that's what the Bible says if and you're in that preachy. situation. Yeah, love them with your quiet, submissive ways. That's what Peter says. But if you're not in that situation, don't put yourself in that situation. You've got two sets of blueprints, and, and it's and a bad it'll idea. It'll affect so many things. It'll affect your finances. It'll affect how you raise children, mm -hmm. the, the, the standards you've had. I mean, we had a question like that. Um, how do you resolve a difference when it comes to upbringing if a situation arises when you both have a different idea as how it should be handled? Yeah. And that that happens in Christian marriages, but it really happens when um, you all don't believe the same. Mm. And so, um, and if we answer that question right there, um, I'm actually the stricter one, and my girls would, you know, definitely say that. I always said, if I die, my girls are in trouble Lauren, with him. Lauren, Lauren went like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've got him wrapped around their little finger. But anyway, um, <laughs> often I would just learn to say, I'm concerned that if we do this, they're going to do this, or they're, they're going to become like this, um, because I've seen this kind of behavior and attitude mm -hmm. in them, and I think it's time to nip it in the bud, and it might be relating to finances or how they treat people or anything like that, but... I'll try to kind of explain my concern about where I'm concerned what what they're going to end up like. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes he might agree and he goes, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, you're probably right. Or sometimes he'll say, but you know what? I've seen them do this, this, and this, and they've been really good with it. And I was like, okay, we'll try it. Yeah. You know. 
So it's really good to share your concern for the outcome and think about that. So, How do you truly forgive your spouse for betraying you and move on? Um, I, mm. I mean, I feel the pain in that one, and <clears throat> it has to be difficult. Um, I remember one of my favorite forgiveness stories is, is from Corey Tenboom. She was a prisoner of war during World War II. She was a Jew. She was in a prison camp. And she was a Christian, and she ended up meeting one of the guards that was one of the guards who mistreated her. Her sister died in the concentration camp, and she finally met him, and he was, had he become a believer, and he stuck out, stuck out his hand to shake her hand, and she said she couldn't do it. And finally, God made her do it. She said, from the moment my hand touched his, I could feel God's power and God's love flowing through me and his forgiveness flowing through me. Um, the Bible says bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you have through one another. Please don't forget that there is a supernatural power that's working inside of you that can actually forgive your husband or your wife for what they did to you. Now, I know it's hard, and I know you're probably going to need counseling. Definitely, because it, the trust is going to have to be... The trust be is going to take a while. Trust and forgiveness are two separate things. But, and, and we've been asked this at every, at every juncture along the way, what if I don't feel like loving them? What, what if I don't feel like, it's the same thing, right? What if I don't feel like forgiving them? You have to do what your head knows. Sometimes you don't feel like loving God, right? But you know you're supposed to love God. You, we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay? Sometimes you need your mind to go somewhere first, and then your feelings will happen. You know you need to forgive. Maybe you don't need to trust yet, but you know you need to forgive. Well, and, and one thing I, we do want to say, um, one of our questions was um, about love. And what if you don't feel like you love your spouse? Same thing, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And just so you all have a realistic view, especially young people and engaged couples, you're not going to love them all the time. They are not lovely no. all the time. No. Um, and your emotions will go all over the place, but your commitment... They're laughing. I don't know why they're laughing. I don't know. But your I'm commitment keeps you there. I'm darn lovely. I don't know what there. you're laughing about. But what reconnects that is when you spend time together. And so I'm going to lead into another thing that I think is so important is weekly date nights. I don't care how old you are or how young as a married couple... I am a big believer in this. It might be just a walk in the forest preserve or something along that mm -hmm. line, um, doing something <clears throat> together. But it is so important to keep you emotionally connected so that then you can be physically connected and one is a marriage and stronger. It just can't happen. And should we touch on the schedule thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because one question... We've been asked uh, several times, how do you make time for each other? Yeah, because, um, you know, you, especially if you have kids and you have jobs and you have house things you have to repair. And, and, and you, not, you may not know this, you need a little history. Denise is our worship programming director here. She's in charge of everything that goes on up here. I don't know if you knew that. Her office is right next to mine. So it makes it a really quirky thing in our marriage that we're working with each other. You know, she works for me. And, you know, I mean, all those things are kind of all mixed up into one. If you didn't like the country song we sang a minute ago, her email is denise at parkthechurch.com. Yeah. She's the one that you would talk to, okay? So that adds a whole other dynamic. So the answer is we, we make time for each other. We don't find time for each other. We schedule it. Uh, tell them what you do for the birthday. I mean, that's pretty hilarious. Well, um, one thing I do is um, is for the kids. I want to, you know, to help make sure the kids are a priority too. 
uh, on my Outlook calendar on my computer, I'll put it in my computer, but I'll send him an invite so everything also goes to his. So his calendar's blocked, his assistant won't schedule things. Mm. If they have special concerts have or birthdays or whatever. Nights on our, on date our nights, anything lunch. like that. But for my birthday, about three weeks before, he'll get a pop-up that says, your wife's birthday's in three weeks. And then the week next, two weeks till Denise's birthday, don't forget. <laughs> so, hey, use that technology to yeah. your advantage, girls. So, yeah. But you have to schedule it. And even if you're in that young, early married, we have no money thing, we have all these kids, you find a way to get a date night. You find a way to make it happen. Trade with another couple and take mm -hmm. their kids for a night and let them take your kids for a night so that you can get away. You have to prioritize it because someday the kids are all going to be gone and it's going to be all about you two and what you did. And it's healthy for your kids because some people, somebody once thought they were bragging to me, oh, we've never left our kids with anybody else. That, that is a shame. That's it's a, nothing it to is. brag about. That is not good get for the marriage. There. So, yeah. yeah, we're big believers in that. All right, uh, I'm going to crank through them. Um, <clears throat> what's wrong with living together in a committed, loving relationship? Why do we need a marriage license? Um, uh, so many things. Um, first of all, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, marriage is in the eyes of God, and that's what's really important. And do you need a piece of paper from the state of Illinois? There's something about the commitment that God wants you to make to each other. And I know that you can make a commitment to each other and get divorced, so in some ways maybe it isn't any different. But if you're thinking about, you know, let's try it out for a while or whatever, the odds are you're twice as likely to get divorced if you live together before marriage. I mean, it is a different thing. I understand that the world could say, what's, what's the difference? It doesn't matter. It does matter. In the eyes of God, have you gotten together in the eyes of God and said, we're committed to each other for the rest of our life? No, you moved in together. You said, let's try this out, right? That's a very, very different thing than coming together and saying, I don't care. You don't have to have a big wedding, okay? You don't have to have a 20, average wedding is $27,000. You don't have to spend $2 on the wedding. You can go just get it done, but you do it in the eyes of God and you make a commitment and you say, okay, we're going to do this till death do us part. Because I want to tell you right now, if we didn't have that commitment, we wouldn't be married. If we'd been living together, we wouldn't be married. If we'd been married without a commitment to God, we wouldn't be married. I mean, we wouldn't be together. You need to understand this. I mean, life has not been perfect for us. We really had some hard days, especially in our early marriage. Um, what, one of our questions was, what do you tell someone who's unhappy in their marriage and doesn't see it changing? Stick with it. We've yeah. been there. We have been there. I, we lived in Amarillo, Texas, and I was 11 hours from my family, and... I would leave the house and I was ready to go home and I would drive and drive and after an hour of driving you actually kind of cool off and two hours you're thinking you know of the ramifications not just to you to your other people and to other people that you love and and if you have kids you better think seriously about it and it, and, and our commitment to God did play a part, but we'll be very honest. It wasn't 100% because when you are miserable, you know, that's, you, you don't want to live with that pain mm. anymore. And so that's when you just have to go to counseling. Mm -hmm. You just have to. I, I can tell you that our, our marriage is a 12 right now on a scale of 1 to 10. That's mm. the honest truth. It's phenomenal. But along the 26-year journey, it's been a 5, it's been a 2, it's been an 8, it's been all over the place. And there were a lot of times when we would have said, forget it, but we made a commitment to each other, and we made a commitment to our kids, and we made a commitment to God, and we're so glad that we stuck it out.
because it's awesome now. And that's what's going to happen in your life if you get some help. Uh, someone wrote, I wanna, if I want to marry your daughter, how should I go about that? <laughs> and what's weird about that is I know your boyfriend's out of the country, so I know it's not him. Um, all I need is his social security number for a credit check, really, basically. That's all I need. Um, what do you do when you're so mad that your face gets so red that you might bust a blood vessel? How do you deal with that kind of anger? You know what? Let me tell you. <clears throat> Uh, let, let, me read, let me read a couple things for you. Dr. Neil Warren, uh, the We Harmony guy, said, In my years as a psychologist, they've slowly taught me a difficult-to-believe fact. The amount of conflict in your marriage only determines the speed at which your marriage is moving towards greatness or destruction. The amount of conflict, he says, is leading you either towards greatness or destruction. If you want to sit still in your marriage, then you rule out all conflict. If you want your marriage to crash and burn, you let conflict rage and refuse to learn the skills necessary to manage it. But well-managed conflict is like a stairway that can lead you to higher and higher levels of marital greatness. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 4. Therefore, each of you should put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we're all members of one body, okay? We're all supposed to speak the truth to each other. One of the counselors, one of the books that we read and the counselors that we were a part of their class had the XYZ principle. In situation X, when you do Y, it makes me feel Z. Okay? That's how you communicate. In situation X, when you do Y, I feel Z. Just remember that. It's a real easy way to speak the truth in love. But then Paul goes on and he says, In your anger, do not sin. Uh, I mean, the question we had a minute ago. I'm going to get angry. She's going to get angry. It's possible to be angry and to not sin. Uh, one of the questions that we've had is, what about the kids and, and arguing in front of the kids? It's, I think it's weird if your kids grow up and don't think that your parents... I mean, those were five-year-olds on the video, okay? Mm -hmm. you, your kids said, married people don't argue, but my parents do. I love that. That was good. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's the way it really is. They need to understand that there is going to be some conflict. But when it gets out of control, do not sin, Paul said. In your anger, do not sin. There shouldn't be yelling. There shouldn't be name-calling. There shouldn't be all of that kind of stuff. And then it goes on to say, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. What does that mean? You have to stay up for like three months? Because sometimes it's been like that, right? <laughs> no, it's a metaphor, okay? It, it, it is okay. If you need to walk away, it's okay to walk away, especially if the kids are there and you're getting really out of control. It's okay to walk away. Well, and we found it to, that to help us a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. I had to group... Regroup. Regroup. Get my thoughts together. And you together. had to think all the things you wanted yeah, to tell me. Yeah, that I really wanted to say because he's so quick-witted, and he had to cool down. Go to the internet and look up some good stuff. Yeah, I know. No, you, you've, you've got to, in your anger, not sin, and uh, not. And then he says, "Don't give the devil a foothold." Right. And then he comes, goes on. He says, "Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building the other one up." Not you always. Not you never. Not, this is, you know, you're a bad person, no name calling, all of that kinds of stuff, no unwholesome talk, but only that who benefits those who listen. And then he finishes up by saying, get rid of all bitterness and rage and brawling and anger and slander among, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. I mean, that's what we're supposed to, that's what the Bible commanded us to do. That's how we're supposed to be able to interact with each other. And we really had to relearn, relearn how to uh, communicate uh, through uh, yeah, conflict. Yeah. And we got bad habits in our early marriage. Yeah, and we just didn't know healthy ways to do it. Every marriage here could change that. Yeah. You really can change that. And, and somebody says, oh, my wife always wins. 
No, nobody wins. Right. The marriage loses. Last service, if somebody a said, winner. "My wife always wins all the discussion, all the arguments." No, she doesn't. You both lost. So you really can learn new ways to communicate and just get through it. So um, we really recommend it again. <clears throat> what does submission look like in your marriage? Um, uh, You're good at it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because the normal, that normal question is, you know, from a wife, how do you submit? And I'm glad that you said that. You're good at it, too. We're good at mutual submission. That's what the Bible says. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives that you would die for her. That's the same if exact If that's thing. not a submission, dying for your wife. Yeah, and it started that passage by saying, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I preached about that a couple of weeks ago. You submit out of reverence for Christ, not because you deserve it or because I deserve it, but because of reverence for Christ. Remember, we're talking about a Christian marriage here. We're talking about the power of Jesus working inside of you to help you to submit to that other person. What does it not look like? It doesn't look like uh, being a doormat. It doesn't look like laying down and letting the other person walk all over you all the time. It doesn't look like abuse. If you're in an abusive situation, please get out. And I just say that right up front. You, you need to get out. It, God can heal it. I got a great testimony in here from a guy who went to jail before, for, for abusing his family before he finally, God finally got a hold of him and he ended up getting, letting God get a hold of his life and he came back and, and now they're, re, they're remarried again and things are good in their, in their life. God can heal all that stuff. But submission is about giving up your rights for the rights of the other person, which is, sounds a little bit like Jesus, right? I mean, th this is what it's always going to come back to. Well, and one thing I would like to address in case they are trying to address intimacy in, in the submission, which is really a tricky thing for people. But when, um, I think it goes back to making those dates and staying emotionally connected because women have a hard time responding if they're not emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. And one more thing is if they have all these things they got to do, you know, I got this job and this job and just, and guys, you got to pitch in and help. Help her get those lists off her plate and, and her mind free and just show her that you love her in that way. And the combination of being connected and loving each other in that way helps a woman really respond. And, and it's a mutual submission. Mm -hmm. It honestly is. It, it really is. It, it's not a problem if you're loving each other and you're working towards the same goal together. It's not. And it's very rare he's ever, ever, ever made a decision. He wants my input. He wants to hear what I think. And we'll kind of dialogue about major decisions. We almost always come to a consensus. And maybe it's because we're both in the Lord. I don't know. But we, we come to a consensus very much. And so I, it's very much been a mutual submission for us. Um, disputes about disciplining your children. I mean, that, that's a counselor issue. Guarantee you right up front. Um, because there's a, there's, and it's just one of those things, you should be talking to somebody to help you with it and help you guys work it through together. Um, uh, somebody asked us about uh, praying together in one of the services, and, um, and we don't do it every day. I, I wish I could tell you that, you know, we have this, like, regular schedule. I mean, we do. We pray a lot. Um, we didn't pray together this Well, we did backstage, but, I mean, we well, didn't have Well, on the a, way here. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's in the car. We did. Yeah, we did on the car on the way here. Um, praying together. Here's what you need to know about praying together. A couple things. Um, number one, you're, uh, 
Chances of getting divorced, according to a Harvard study, your chances of getting divorced are one in two. We all know that. If you pray together and read the Bible together with your spouse, your odds go from one in two to getting a divorce to one in 1,105. I mean, if you want your marriage to work, one of the first things you ought to do is figure out how to get together and go to God. I mean, guess what? This is church. I'm going to tell you that, okay? And, and honestly... Not only are you sharing your heart with God, but you're hearing your it's other... intimacy. Your, yeah, your spouse's heart. You're hearing heart. their heart. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if you're not married to a believer or someone who's kind of shy about that, but right there, that's a good reason to yeah. give it a try. And um, it's, it's... But you got my video? It's not like this. It's not like this one. Show them this one. This prayer. Yeah. Haven't been to church since I don't remember when Things were going great till they fell apart again So I listened to the preacher as he told me what to do He said you can't go hating others who have done wrong to you Sometimes we get angry but we must not condemn let the good Lord do his job You just pray for them I pray your brakes go out from down a hill I pray a flower pot falls from the windowsill And knocks you in the head like I like to I pray your birthday comes and nobody calls I pray you're flying high when your engine stalls, I pray all your dreams never come true. Just know wherever you are, honey, I pray for you. Oh, that's funny right there. Okay, all right, that's enough. That's hilarious. I, I, I bring that up because I, I want you to understand, and I blogged about this this week, I want you to understand that there is spiritual warfare going on. Sometimes, sometimes we found ourselves, and, and I'm like, wow, why am I like this? Why am I so angry about this? And, and, you know, why is she acting like this? And it finally dawns on us that we've got spiritual warfare going on. I mean, you know, do you not think the devil wants to break us up? You know, I mean, how, how many well, people... Well, tell him about Easter morning, too. Well, uh, perfect example. Easter morning. Do you remember this, Lauren? Um, it's, it's like... Um, I mean, it's back in the days when we were going to Giorgio's, we weren't in this building yet, we were going to Giorgio's for Easter, so she's in charge of the worship, and I'm preaching, and it's Easter, and there's all this stress, and we got all the kids loaded up in the van, and she and I are fighting about something. I mean, Easter morning, where does that come from? It come, I mean, it happens to you, and we're fighting back and forth, boom, 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 all the time, and, and I'm driving out of the driveway, and I don't remember that my car's parked in the driveway, so I back the van into the car. And, and, and not only do we, uh, you know, run into each other, but I connected the bumpers in such a way that I couldn't go anywhere. And we had to get to Easter. So it's such a perfect illustration of God kind of going, hey, hey, you need to figure this out. She had to get in the car while I drove the van and we drove apart at, at, at the exactly the same time in order to get our bumpers unhooked without ripping one of them off. I mean, that, where does that come from? That's spiritual warfare. And, 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 and Satan wants that to happen. Uh, Eldridge, in the book that we recommend, Love and War, out there, the love story takes place in the midst of a war, a war story. 
Think again of all the great fairy tales. Notice that in every last one of them, the kingdom hangs in the balance. Evil is advancing on the land. What are they trying to tell us? The very thing the Bible's been trying to tell us. The honeymoon of Adam and Eve and their shared honeymoon with God is barely underway when the evil one snakes in with a plan to break everyone's heart. The devil convinces the two newlyweds that they can't trust the heart of God. He deceives them. They break the one commandment God gave. They reach. They fall. The beautiful kingdom is overthrown by darkness and into darkness. The circle of intimacy is broken. That's exactly what happens. It's spiritual warfare. All right? Okay. um, My name is Bob, and I want my jersey back. Very funny. Okay, very... (laughs) Okay. Here's, here's a really good one. This is for all you singles out there. And it says, I'm young. And, it, and in the media, um, waiting until you're married to have sex is frowned upon. What are the benefits of waiting until I'm married? And how can I face the challenges? Facing the challenges is, is difficult. I can't imagine what it's like to be single in, the, in this age. Um, you know, last time I was single was 1983. And uh, things were not easy to be sexually pure back then. But you certainly have a lot more challenges. Um, I can only tell you that I've never, ever followed God's plan and been disappointed. Every time I follow God's plan and I do what God wants me to do, it seems like he knows something more than I do. And, uh, you know, every time I read the owner's manual, which is never, but any time I read an owner's manual when I buy something and I understand how the thing works, it, it always goes better than if I try to figure it out myself. And, and God wants sex to be reserved for marriage. And I, and I could tell you story upon story of people who come to me and they thought, well, I'm coming into this marriage with a bunch of baggage because of my sexual history. Mm-hmm. And, or we've come into this marriage with, with baggage because of our sexual history. And God forgives everything. And sexual sin is not going to cause you, uh, you know, to be condemned any more than any other sin is going to be in God's eyes. I can't urge you strongly enough. We have with our girls over and over again to remain pure. And if somebody's pressuring you, they don't love you. Or and they don't love God. it's not because God is a killjoy. No. Sex is awesome. Okay? I, I mean, it's, it, it, it's he incredible. He knows what's best. In the right context, it's, it's awesome. And, and it gets better. It doesn't get worse. So don't worry about, you know, well, you know, my sexualness is going to go away. Mm, I don't think so. No. Um, should I give up? Uh, how can I get my husband to communicate and go to counseling if he won't try? Do I give up? No, you don't give up. The Bible says don't give up. You keep loving, you keep being God to him, and you keep praying, and you see what happens. Can you speak to husbands for a second? Because I think it is harder for men. Yeah, I know, guys. It, it's weird to go to counseling. I know that. But listen, if you've got cancer, you're going to go to a doctor. If you have cancer, you're going to get chemo, you're going to get radiation, you're going to do all the things that you need to do because you've got a problem. And you might not realize that you have a problem in your marriage, but you do, okay? If your wife says you do, you do, okay? So you need to go get some counseling. You need to go get some help. Um, If she's at the point where she wants to give up, then there's obviously some stuff going on. And you may not realize it. Oh, ladies, please understand this. We are clueless, okay? Absolutely clueless, we, we, ha- we don't have a bunch of, you know, things going on in our brain. We have one thing at a time, and it's usually not our marriage relationship, okay? It's usually like, did I change the oil in the car, okay? It's those kinds of things that are going on. So please, guys, focus in on what she needs and, and go. And if you're, if you're in that situation, no, don't give and up. And it, it will be worth it, guys. Oh, yeah, it's definitely worth it. It will be so it. worth it. Very so worth it. do it. Um... Why should I get married? All the marriages I've witnessed are extremely unhappy. 
um, man, uh, you don't have to. Uh, Paul said, you know, maybe you shouldn't. Um, but don't not get married because you see unhappy marriages. I mean, y- you don't, you know, not eat ice cream because you've seen people get obese from eating ice cream. You don't, you know, you don't not do anything else in this life. You don't not go water skiing because you saw somebody get in an accident. You don't not do everything in this world because you've seen it work out bad for people along the way. If you don't want to get married, don't get married. But if you're saying, well, why don't I just have relationship after relationship and not, not make a commitment to somebody, you're missing out on exactly what God wants in your life. And God said it's not good for man to be alone. Paul said, if you want to get married, get married. If you don't want to get married, don't get married, but be concentrating on God. But if you're, t- if you're asking me, you know, well, I just want to live with my boyfriend, I just want to do my own thing, go from one relationship to another, I can give you a thousand phone numbers of people who tried it that way and would tell you there is no substitute for doing it God's way. Okay. Um. What should I do if I'm in a relationship that's emotionally abusive? Um. It, 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 that would be hard for us to answer because I don't know what your situation is. Is it a mar- you know, is yeah, marriage, I mean, if it's just a relationship, If it's a relationship, I would say, yeah, walk away. If it's if, a marriage, I would say, and you've got to force some things to get some counseling. Definitely. You need to say, okay, we're going to do this. And maybe you go to counseling on your own. I've counseled a lot of people to go on your own first and then come back around, and, you know, hopefully your spouse will come around along the way. Um, if it's physically abusive, uh, man, sometimes you need to separate. Sometimes you need to move out, go to another place, get legally separated, what, whatever it's going to take. Um, but it's hard to answer that without knowing the exact instance. Anything else you want to touch on in there? Um, well, if, if you have a divorce question, we really recommend make sure you get that Divorce Week CD mm-hmm. from a few weeks ago yeah, because Tim Sutherland touched on it. Amazing. Awesome job. Really touched on it, so be sure to get that. And um, we just can't recommend Christian counseling enough for okay. for everybody. All right, we're going to quit. Um, we're going to give you an opportunity to watch a little video, and we've got a song to kind of close it out, and then we'll have communion. Um, thanks for letting us do this. I hope it was helpful. There's a lot of resources for you back there. Let us help you. Yeah. I was just... Uh, reading through the rest of them, the rest of the questions. And did you notice it got kind of heavy in here? There's a lot of heartache. There's a lot of heartache going on out here right now, and I understand that. Some of your questions um, really demonstrate the depth of the pain that's going on in your life. And I wish I could tell you that everything was going to be good. I wish I could tell you that after 26 years you were going to be in the place that we are and... and, and love each other. I wanted to make sure that you knew after two years and five years and 10 years and 15 and 20 and 25 years, we were still in that situation. And I'm going to tell you that after 30 years, we're going to be back down again and there's going to be a lot of ebb and flow. But I can't guarantee that everything's going to be okay because Jesus told us in this world we will have trouble. What he also told us was that to take that we should take heart because Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And greater is God in us. And I just want to, I want to, I want to read that scripture one more time from Ephesians 4. At the end of that whole thing, he said, get rid of all the bitterness and all that kind of stuff. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators, then he goes on chapter 5, of God therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love. 
just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. If I could tell you one thing, if I could, if I could tell you one thing, any week, any out of the year, at any Christian church, any church that follows Christ, the one thing that I'm going to tell you is, if you'll be like Jesus, your life is going to be good. And being like Jesus means loving like Jesus and forgiving like Jesus and submitting your rights like Jesus. And it's not going to be easy. And the people on the other side might not be nice. They might kill you. They did him. But being like Jesus is always going to be good. Being like Jesus doesn't get you into heaven. But Jesus' example to us that we're getting ready to take right now in communion is that he was willing to lay down his life for us. And we need to be willing to lay down our life. We need to be willing to lay down our rights. We need to be willing to give it all to the people that are around us, especially the one that we chose to live life with. We need to love. We need to forgive. We need to be Jesus. As we take this, as we take this communion, let's remember what he did for us. God, thank you for sending, thank you for in, in Christ forgiving us. That's what he said. In Christ, you forgave us. You gave your son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we thank you for that. And Jesus, we thank you for that love. Lord, I know there are people in situations that they may need to get out of from a safety standpoint. I don't think that laying down their life for another person means putting themselves in a situation of abuse. You know that. But it does mean laying down our rights. It does mean that we give up the things that we think are coming to us because we're going to be Jesus. And I know that it's not always going to work. And I know that sometimes that other person's going to walk away. And I know that there are people in this room who have hurts because their marriage has already ended. And some of them are wondering if you can forgive them for that. And of course you can. Please help them to know that. For some of them, it wasn't even their fault. Somebody left, and they're wondering how you could let that happen. Please let them know that it wasn't your plan, that it wasn't your fault, that this world is not your fault. This world is the fault of sin and death, but that you promised to come and be inside of us, that you promised to give us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline. You promised that your spirit would come and live in us. Lord, there are people in this room who are married, and it's a tough time for them right now. At a scale of 1 to 10, they're at a 1. And they don't know if they can go on. Lord, help them to know that you can help them go on. And that you can help them be Jesus. And that you can get them to a 12. I know that, Lord. Because at the times we felt like we were at a 1. And we wanted to give up. You were there. Lord, I pray for all of us as we take communion. And that we will remember what it means to love like you did and to sacrifice like you did and to forgive like you did and that we will be your people especially to the ones in our household i ask that you do this in jesus name amen